Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Rocky Five, man, that, that movie will make you want to cry to think about all that Rocky had, and he had to move out because of his damn wife's brother. It's Wes. I give that man all the credit in the world for not killing him because I would have took him out in the backyard and beat those ribs up Ooh. like I was about to put them on the grill. And Walker. This is Top of the Dome, by the way, with the ribs grill reference. Incredible stuff. <laughs> Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. That man would have had cracked ribs and all types of crack stuff for signing over my pal return. Fiddy continues to impress me going deep in his bag with hip-hop, not just because he's playing this beat, because he said ski-yee, yeah. and then that turned <laughs> Wes dead around in his chair. What do you know about Sexy Red, Fiddy? <laughs> Look, I, I know y'all think I'm just this guy from historic Lancaster and Monroe, and I'm not up with the times, but I dabble. It's funny that both of us are older than you, and we are making fun of you for not being up with the times. Historic Lancaster, though. Anytime that you refer to your hometown as historic blank, then yeah, we're going to act like you're the old one. Of yeah, that's what the sign old says. That's what the sign says, baby. Does it? Is that true? Yes. Whenever you get into Lancaster or Monroe, the sign says, Welcome to historic Lancaster or in Monroe. Welcome to historic Monroe. Uh, Wes, I got to mention, I, I thought he was just making this up the entire time. No, I knew that. That All sounded right, well, like it attracted. Uh, so I wasn't, um, I'm not surprised. You never know with Fitty, man. Yeah, I, th- I thought he was like, because he's like renowned, he's the station, yeah. he's from historic Lancaster. They're like, everything has to have an enhancer okay, yeah, on it. It's got a tall tale yeah. feel to it, right? Let right. Fiddy cook. I, no, no, Nana. <laughs> Paul Bunyan-esque. Get out of here, Nana. No, I'm not letting Fiddy cook, okay? I'm sorry. I'm the hater. All right, let's go to the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Let's talk some ACC basketball with Lauren Brownlow, purveyor of all things ACC. You can find her ACC opinions on her Twitter profile as well, at L.E. Brownlow. Hello. Lauren, thank you so much for the time. How are you? Hey, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Lauren, we really appreciate it. And we'll, let's just dive in to Heels Talk because, Lauren, I can't help but find myself feeling the same feelings I had when watching the other fun UNC regular season teams, like feelings I haven't felt since 2018 and 2019. I, I need to ask, is it fair to have those feelings or am I getting a little too ahead of myself? I think it is at this point, honestly, and and I get it. I've honestly started to have this, that feeling about this team for most of the season for different reasons. Weirdly, uh, in the beginning of the year, it was because their offense looked so much improved, and you could tell that they had guys on this team now in Harrison Ingram and Cormac Ryan that really have an understanding of where to be on the court and how to move without the basketball and things like that. And I think that they've really enhanced what they're able to do in the offense, but now lately they've been playing defense and that wasn't something they were doing as well in the beginning of the year, but they just have this kind of a toughness to them, a resolve, a sort of, 
inevitability is the wrong word, but it's kind of what you used to feel about both like Carolina and Duke basketball. It's kind of the mark of a blue blood, right? It's like if you're in a close game against one of them, you feel like they're going to figure out a way to win it somehow. And Carolina hasn't had that feeling around them in a while. And this team just seems to keep finding ways to get it done. Lauren, you mentioned the roster turnover here, like tons of change with getting Cormac, Ryan, Harrison, Ingram, all the guys you mentioned. There's a lot of uh, pressure on Hubert Davis to get this thing right in the offseason. And that weird situation you had to navigate between Caleb Love felt like you wanted to stay here, still has uh, forever a Tar Heel on his shoes, despite being an Arizona Wildcat. And it feels weird. Just how much credit, though, does Hubert Davis deserve for handling everything the way he did this offseason and uh, uh, overhauling the roster the way he did? You know, I think at the end of the day, like, everybody's probably happy with the way things ended Mm -hmm. up. Um, You know, Caleb's doing well at Arizona, a team that's just as good as, as Carolina. Um, and, and has just as much chance for postseason success. And look, I think just for this particular team, it wouldn't have worked as well. Caleb's the guy that needs the ball in his hands a lot. And I think you see that this team in particular is at its best when it's moving the ball around and score. And yes, RJ Davis can be that scorer, but even then, you know, they have times where he's not scoring as much and there's an emphasis on shutting him down. And so other guys have stepped up and they've just kind of kept the ball moving and kept it moving. And you haven't noticed a lot of the bogging down and things like that. And it's nothing against Caleb. He, he probably, he could have easily made the same kind of jump that an RJ Davis did this year, because the level of play that RJ Davis is at right now is not something I was quite expecting out of him. He's really taken a big leap. I think up, I mean, he was already a good player and I think you've seen him get better every year, but I didn't, see him necessarily jumping up to like this level of score and maybe Caleb would have taken that kind of a leap as well. Who knows? But at the same time, like you, there is such thing as like having too many guys that kind of need the ball in their hands a lot. And I think it's really allowed RJ to shine. I think it's probably allowed Caleb to have the ball in his hands a little bit more too. Lauren Brownlow joins us on the body works plus guest hotline. You can follow her on X at LeBrownlow and going to the Duke blue devils. And you look at what they've been able to do this season, a couple of losses to some unranked teams, but this team is kind of flying under the radar after coming into this season with all of the hype. What do you make uh, of the blue devils at this juncture? Yeah, it's interesting. They kind of were like, in terms of like offensively and defensively too, I feel like that they and Carolina have had kind of opposite journeys in that, you know, Duke was defending pretty well earlier in the year, but the offense was just a little bit of a mess. And, and now it, they're figuring, they've really figured things out on that side of things. And yeah, I mean, I think they lost some games early on, like losing that game at Georgia Tech. That's the type of loss that, you know, you see a Duke team take, and then they were facing their next game, their very next game. It was a question of if they lose this game, it would have been the most losses they would have had, I think, before January since like 1982 or something like that. So that's what Duke was looking at at the beginning of the year. That's what John Shire was looking at. That's not the best thing to be looking at if you're coaching at Duke, certainly. And so for him, you know, a credit really, a lot of credit goes to both he and, you know, you mentioned Hubert, what kind of credit he deserves, Hubert Davis. I think you've seen both of them. Uh, throughout the course of a season, certainly with John Shire last year and, and Hubert Davis, even in the final four season, you've seen them sort of adjust to, you know, what the problems their team has had over a season and kind of get them fixed and get guys believing again. And I think, I think Duke deserves a lot of credit for that. You got Mark Mitchell certainly believing again after a big time slump. That's, that's like just a bonus for Duke at this point with how well some of their other guys are playing. And Jeremy Roach has been such a steady influence. We already knew Kyle Filipowski's Kyle Filipowski, right? So all you really need is some support there and having things flow 
and and everything's been looking great for them. Lauren, NC State and Wake Forest play tonight in Raleigh, and both of these teams are four and one uh, up at the top of the conference. Which one of these two teams, though, uh, do you trust the most going forward, and what does tonight's game mean in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, I think this is a big one. Obviously, I mean, it's 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 a big one because they're kind of in similar situations, right? Where I don't think either one of them feels like they can lose a whole lot of games. Uh, you know, moving forward, if they have an opportunity to win them, um, and they're both kind of wanting to bolster an NCAA tournament resume and things like that, I would probably say I trust Wake a little more at this point, just because they can score seemingly so much easier than NC State. We've seen NC State go through these droughts where they where they struggle to score for long periods of time. Not the best shooting team all the way around but but this state team is tough it fights hard you know they're they're gonna give it their best they're gonna be in in a lot of games but at the same time when you know when they're not making shots it's gonna be really difficult on them and especially if they if it's an up and down fast-paced game that kind of takes dj burns a little more out of the mix than they'd like and you know that that's the guy they need to be kind of feeding and running the offense through so uh, but I, I mean, I do like them. I think they have some toughness. I think they have some talented players. But I would trust Wake a little more just because I know they can score. Yeah, Lauren, I see on your latest appearance of the Ovius and Gilio podcast, which you can find on YouTube, when Joe Gilio is promoting the pod, the second bullet point is bleep. Be happy. State is four and one. Like we've had that same conversation going into North Carolina game. We were saying the same stuff, man. Wouldn't you be happy with just three losses at this point going into this matchup? And so if we can be happy about where state is now, let me ask you about the reasonable expectations for NC state. Like where should fans reasonably expect maybe on the high end that the Wolfpack can finish this year? I mean, I think it's less about finish finishing the ACC, right, and and whether or not they can get into the tournament. Because I think that's this is a place where I think state fans they feel like they've been on this kind of carousel that just keeps going over and over again. Where it's like, let's be on the bubble every year or, or seemingly every season, and like let's have an adventure about whether or not we can re- reach the tournament. And you know, it, and but the thing with state, it's like you said, like the, the none of their losses are really like anything to be ashamed of. They've only lost once in 2024. Like, I, I, I think it's okay. I think you would love to be in that position. So, I mean, but when, when State and Carolina played, and I think, you know, with, with whatever uh, their ACC records were, I think it was the first time since, like, the 60s that they played with both of that good of a record. I mean, it's been a long time. Or the 70s. It was since the 70s. But still, like, that's a big deal. That's not nothing. Yes, it doesn't always look pretty. It didn't always look pretty against Louisville. But you just want to get out of games in the ACC, especially on the road, with a win. And you'll be happy. You know, it doesn't always have to look pretty and it doesn't always have to look perfect. But state state just needs to win at this point. And I think that is something that will kind of help state fans feel better about where things are going. Because I think there is maybe a sense of just, yes, they're, they're happy that the team is where it is and competing. It's just a sense of like, can we get out of this endless loop of like the same pattern repeating itself every single year? I like the idea of a slogan for NC State basketball. NC State, let's have an adventure. I like that being the slogan for NC State basketball. Choose your own adventure, right? That's right. So, Lauren, when you look and and coming into this season, a lot of people picked Kyle Filipowski as the player of the year, and it looked like he was going to be that by uh, a wide margin. But R.J. Davis has come along now and almost uh, stolen that from him. And what do you make of the season that he's having and just how he's just broken out and appears to have uh, Carolina, even though he's got a great supporting cast, I mean, he's been the catalyst for a team that looks to be for real. 
No, that's the thing with Carolina. And one, I mean, there's a lot of differences about this year's Carolina team, right? But one of them, I think, is that for the first time in a while, you know who you're giving the ball to when you have to have points. You know whose who's hands the ball is going into, and that's going to be R.J. Davis's. You know, and I think there was some ambiguity with that, certainly the last few years of who was going to get it. And then even worse, there were some years in the not too distant past where there was really nobody that you would go, oh, yeah, you want the ball in his hands, you know. So this is certainly a big upgrade for them to have a guy that can score like this. You know, you've mentioned 2019 a few times. I don't think they've had a guy that can score like this since they had Kobe White potentially on that. He may be like a Cole Anthony. He certainly was a capable scorer, even if he had to shoot a lot to get there. I mean, RJ's just been so efficient. That's the thing. And his passing is at a higher level. He was never like an amazing assist man, but he's he's made some passes this year that I'm like, I hadn't seen him do anything remotely that good as a passer in the last, you know, couple years here. This is insane the way he's taken his game to this completely higher level. He's just a go to guy for them. They are putting more defensive attention on him. It's gonna have an impact, but that just kind of opens things up you would think for everybody else. And he's so good on the foul line and at drawing fouls. You know, he's been doing it for a while now. He knows what he's doing. And um, he's just, he's been so great for them and so consistent, you know, game in, game out. You know, he's going to, even if he's being guarded heavily and not, not getting all his shots up, you know, he's going to have a burst in the game where he's going to have like, you know, eight or 10 points, right. in like a minute and a half or something like that and get Carolina back to a bigger lead or something like that. He's playing at a really high level. I think he absolutely belongs in that conversation. And then Lauren, just sitting there. Now you look at, at Florida state sitting there at four and one and how much of a surprise <laughs> has their uh, emergence been? Because when they beat my Deeks, I thought that was a bad loss and now it's not looking so bad anymore. Is this Florida state team having a resurgence? Uh, this it's season? crazy. It's crazy to me. I'm like, where is this coming from? This is this is Leonard Hamilton being like, oh, y'all said I was old and like need to retire. Like, no, not today. Basically, because I'm just like, how is this happening right now? It, 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 I will say this. Like, I, I don't blame Florida State, but it doesn't help the ACC, right? When and it's like things happen. You have guys out. You get guys back. Things like that. Like your team changes over the course of the season. But at the same time, like when you lose the bad games in the non-conference and then you go into conference and start beating teams that are trying to make the NCAA tournament, it's like, hey, where was this, you know, when you were playing whoever bad team yeah. that you lost here, you know, because they took some bad non-conference losses. But, you know, they, they, they're they always going to be tough to play, especially there. That's actually a game coming up for Carolina relatively soon that I've kind of circled as an interesting one just because that's a tough place to play. It's going to be lit there. I mean, they love when, you know, a big-name team comes to town especially. And, I mean, I, you, you just – you can't – it's almost like you can't count anybody out at this point, which sounds so cliche, but you kind of can't. I don't know if that's because, like, everybody is competitive in the ACC more so or because no one is good enough to put even the bad teams away necessarily. But either way, I think it's probably more the former than the latter. I think it's more that – even some of the bad teams from the beginning of the year have kind of raised their level of play at this point and have gotten better as the year goes on. And I guess ultimately that's what you want to see, but it's not necessarily the best if you're into like net ratings and things like that. That is the voice of Lauren Brownlow uh, providing great analysis on all ACC topics. Also the president of the Bonzi Colson fan club. Uh, Lauren, oh, yeah. I, I bring that up 
because there's one thing we love to do on Wesson Walker, and it's go down memory lane on random, and I mean random, ACC basketball players. Uh, and, and I imagine a lot of people like playing that game. So if we were to create a, an award because of your love of Bonzi Colson, the random favorite ACC player, is there one that comes to mind playing right now? Like the random ACC basketball player that you might be a bigger fan of than everybody else because of the way they play? I guess I can't say DJ Burns. Because he's not so random. Mm, yeah. I do but like it, though. It's the spirit it. of the player, though. I get it. I love, yes. I love anytime, like, there's a bigger dude, you know, that doesn't have the prototypical body that you expect for an athlete that can move his feet the way a guy like DJ Burns can. It's why I also love watching defensive tackles. That's, like, my favorite position <laughs> to watch in the NFL. Because, like, it, just watching guys at that size, being able to move like that is fascinating to me. And I think it's so fun to watch. And, he plays with such joy and like passion for the game. That's also part of what I liked about Bonzi was kind of the passion he played with and how hard he played. He also didn't have the prototypical body for his position. So I guess I do have a penchant for players like that, that don't maybe look like they're supposed to look in quotes. Right. But that, uh, still managed to, uh, find ways to show off athleticism in different ways. I'd probably have to say DJ Burns. I I need to stop myself before we we don't let you go. But like Reggie, are we just like getting to big basketball players? Because now I'm bringing up Reggie Johnson from 2012 (laughs) on the Miami. Like I, I just like the big basketball players that you can throw it to down low and just watch them like move in a phone booth, but also be able to score. That's a lot of fun. That's yes, and even Zion Williamson, right? Because yep. everybody thought he, he was chunky even when he wasn't at Duke, you know, because he just has that kind of body type. But I loved watching him partly because of that because he was so big and, like, you just never saw a guy that looked like that. And I think, you know, just guys that look different in that way and, and still show, like, I just find that fascinating. And especially when somebody plays with such, like, contagious joy like DJ Burns, I can't help but uh, – I can't help but stand, as the kids say. All right. We're going to have to play this game on the other side of the break. All right. Lauren Brownlow joins us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Go follow her on Twitter at LeBrownlow, L-E Brownlow, purveyor of all things ACC. Lauren, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. That was a lot of fun. I'm not going to be able to help it. We're going to have to do it on the other side of the break. We can also talk a little bit more about the NFC South. And if Carolina is behind everybody else in the division, if they are behind everyone else, Is it crazy to think that they might be able to catch up with them next year, two years? We can discuss that that too. It's Wes and Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Welcome back to the Weston Walker Show on a Tuesday. Hopefully you are enjoying your day thus far. It's a little nasty uh, weather out there. Though. A little rain, a little cold, so it's a little uh, damp out there. So uh, layer up. 
All right, but keep the text coming on the text line, 704-570-9610. We got a great topic that was uh, off of the Lauren Brownlow interview talking about big, big men. The big men that had a little extra but could still ball. Like, you don't need to be DJ Burns level big, but maybe just like a little pudgy. And you move at a way you wouldn't expect that guy to move. And yeah. so I have a few names here. You asked if Sean May was the GOAT pudgy big man in the ACC. Yeah. And I don't know who would beat him. Yeah, that's a, I, I think he was. That's a tough resume to compete that with. That tournament run he had was Baller. Yeah, you win MOP, you win a championship, and you're a lottery pick. Not saying he deserved to be in hindsight. But, yeah, Sean May has to be the GOAT. Here's a couple of other names. I Like, had, had a little something to them. They're not huge. Reggie Johnson doesn't count. Like, Reggie Johnson was a behemoth. He was 290, okay, with Miami. Too big. Um, Brandon Costner for NC State. Okay. Jordan Williams. I felt like he had a little something to him. So People can check me on the text line if they want to. 704-570-9610. Like, Marcus Melvin... Felt like he had a little pudge, but then you see some of the photos going back and maybe I'm looking at it from a different perspective as I hit 31 years old, but also just looks like a little more cut to me. And then Bonzi Colson has to be in there. Bonzi Colson, DJ Burns. Those are your guys right there, man. But Bonzi Colson, I put him uh, right under Sean May. Uh, both of those guys were just stat-stuffing machines. All right, so we want some of the other players you can think of here. Kennedy Meeks has a ginger wife. Oh, wife Kennedy Meeks, in. yeah, we forgot about him. Kennedy Meeks is a, is a good answer. Is there anybody else for North Carolina? Because Kennedy Meeks, Sean May, those are the names you go to. Joel James was just big overall. I don't think you could count yeah, him. Yeah, I like mean, uh, eight. Yeah, yeah. He, was, he was huge. Joel James is a, a a good body to go to, but like not real pudgy, I don't think. Yeah, but I think, uh, like I said, the guy though is Sean May. As much as it uh, pains me to admit as much, but I think he was. Well, we can go outside the ACC. Lonnie oh. Baxter. We were both on at the same time. Lonnie B was nice. Lot, that's a great one from seven oh four. Uh, Crimson uh, Panther says, "Remember Khalid El Amin, who's not ACC." Yeah, but yeah, we're talking ACC point guard. Guys. Then if, if that oh, was the case, yeah. we could go all over the all oh, over yeah, the BJ board. BJ Anya. BJ Anya, yeah. I remember him. Had eight foot long wingspan. Yeah. He was he was six eight, but he would block everybody's shot because his arms yeah. would be out extending the seven footers there. It was crazy watching BJ play. Oh, BJ Anyo is a great one. Yeah, yeah he was too. But that Lonnie Baxter, I don't I don't know how we uh missed that one too. Good. Panther Bow, uh Track the Trailer was definitely at the top of my list, but not ACC uh as well. Lonnie Baxter was the man. Yeah, he was really good. That Maryland team. Juan Dixon, of course, but Lonnie Baxter. We're doing the old radio thing here. I I, I have to embrace it. I'm sorry. Like, I just have to embrace <laughs> Every it. Every now and again, stuff. you got to walk down memory lane. Okay? Yeah, we love so that's Dorks. how we're going to do it. So, right now, keep those texts coming, like I said, on the text line, 704-570-9610. But uh, let's go back to the Panthers. And with what we saw last night from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and – the Atlanta Falcons seeming like they could be very much in play to get Bill Belichick and to be able to finally get that quarterback that could possibly come in and change life uh, there in Atlanta. It looks like the NFC South is ascending. And so are they ascending at the most inopportune time for the Carolina Panthers? Or are they going to leave the Panthers in the dust? Okay. They are not going to leave the Panthers in the dust. And that's because I think I disagree with the assumption that the NFC South is ascending. Okay. 
Tampa Bay does win a playoff game yesterday. Okay. But that's because of the massive dissension of Philadelphia. Tackling was terrible. Taking terrible angles. Baker Mayfield okay. looked really good. Yeah. But Philadelphia looked like the worst team in football for the last month and a half. They did. So it was such a stark, stark contrast with what Philadelphia looked like the first 10, 11 games to what they looked like in the end of the season where their defense was the worst. It, it might have even quite literally been the worst in the NFL. Their offense didn't look good anymore. So Tampa Bay, they were playing a lot better at the end of the season, right? It's just, I think anybody wanted Philadelphia at that time, right? Especially at home, and they get beat down. I, I think with Tampa Bay, what do you do with Baker Mayfield? They still have some questions to try to figure out. If you're New Orleans, you fired your offensive coordinator earlier today. That news came across the timeline. Derek Carr is not somebody that Saints fans want. That looks like a contract that you don't want to be a part of. And by the way, you can't trade Derek Carr without his approval. So you're kind of stuck with Derek Carr at this point, unless he improves, which is capable. I mean, we've seen up and down years from him. And then with Atlanta, you still have to figure out the QB issue, mm-hmm. right? Like if Atlanta's looking for a new good head coach, mm-hmm. they're probably going to get one. But that goes to the theory of this being such a good pool, Wes. Atlanta's going to get a great coach. But so is Carolina, right? Like both of these teams are going to have the same pool to choose from. And they're both really good, whether it be retreads or offensive minds. And they still have to figure out their quarterback situation. Carolina hasn't figured it out. But at least if he is going to be Bryce Young, you're ahead of the pack by one year. You're at least moving on to somebody you're going to give a shot. They were starting Taylor Heineke at the end of the season. And then they went back to Desmond Ritter. They've got a lot of special skill talent. You know Kyle Pitts is my guy. Love Bashan Robinson. Love Drake London. they got a lot to work with. But it's really been more so of the timing of the other NFC South teams here, Wes. It's not because Carolina did anything to make sure they weren't going to fall behind. That's not true. But I don't think the other NFC South teams did enough in order to just provide this monster gap based on their future. Mm -hmm. Tampa Bay, all these teams still have a lot of questions on how you can feel good about them going forward. And even at the end of the season, Tampa's got to win a game against Carolina in order to get to the postseason. None of these teams are leaps and bounds and galaxies away from where Carolina is. Well, the the thing with Tampa, when you look at them and and how they ended the season, and one of the reasons I brought the question to the table, I mean, they've now at this point won six of their last seven games, Mm -hmm. including going up to Green Bay and smacking a Green Bay Packers team that was as hot uh, as anybody to end the season. They beat Jacksonville. They, They have some... Uh, quality wins down the stretch. And I feel like now they found their quarterback. Uh, whether they keep Mike Evans or not, that remains to be seen. But I feel like now once you find a quarterback, it just takes some tweaking as far as what you're going to do to upgrade it and see if you can improve it. And so with what Tampa Bay's come out and shown and with the resurgence of Baker Mayfield, uh, I think they are uh, trending up. Now, we know the NFL is a year-to-year league. We know that the attrition in the playoffs dwindles by about half each and every season. But I just think that when you look uh, at what Tampa Bay was able to do, albeit against um, the Philadelphia Eagles who were reeling coming into this football game, they were still an underdog. Philadelphia was still a three-point favorite on the road at Tampa. Tampa was able to come through and obliterate the Eagles, to be frank. Then I think Atlanta 
I just think that this is a team that's just, and this is all conjecture, and this is why, you know, we do the job no, that we do. there's reason to believe Atlanta is good. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is all conjecture, and, and this is the reason we like to talk about topics like this. But I think when you look at Atlanta, 7-10 and 10 football team, uh, they improved on defense, but what they have on offense, I feel like that this is a team just bubbling under the surface. And if they're able to get Bill Belichick in there and get the quarterback that they've been looking for, whether it's Justin Fields or Russell Wilson or whether they draft – a Michael Penix or somebody like that, we shall see. But if they're able to get a good vet in there, Kirk Cousins as well, throw him into the mix, I think that this is a team that is poised to explode with the talent that they have on hand. And in New Orleans, uh, like I said, this is a team that they could go either direction. But I think as far as just making some tweaks, some upgrades here and there, because this is still a, a formidable team. But I think that those three teams compared to where Carolina is at right now, there's so much more of a mountain to climb here uh, in Carolina. Now, that's not to say, like we talked about yesterday, the Houston Texans were a team that was looked at as they were going to be a cellar dweller, and then they ended up being in the penthouse this year. So who's to say that the Panthers couldn't do that? But just looking at things on the surface as far as in the division, where I feel like that these teams are going, I think I would vote Tampa with an arrow going upward. I would vote Atlanta with an arrow going upward. And then I would kind of be neutral uh, on the New Orleans thing. So even with Carolina, though, I would argue that they have an arrow going upward because it can't get any worse. Quite literally. Could you get worse than what you saw this season? You could. I'd, uh, <laughs> Detroit Lions 08 territory? Uh I mean, as far as win-losses, but as far as things that could happen to derail a season, it, it could be worse, but I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. Right. Like, it, it's it's hard. Yes, mm-hmm. I mean, any, anything could happen, I guess, with that kind of philosophy, but it's going to be hard to see that happening. I, I'm more worried about Atlanta's future than I am Tampa Bay's. Hmm. And I know Tampa gets to the postseason, but Stanford P-, uh, P brings up a good point. Tampa is about to lose their offensive coordinator, or it certainly looks like it. Could be. If Dave Canales moves on somewhere else, then now they got to go find another guy to go help with Baker. And look, it's not any hate on what Baker did this year, but has he shown two years back to back that he's able to do it? Like, I don't think that's hating if I haven't seen it from him since he got drafted number one overall. So do you just go ahead and take for the assumption that he's going to be good again next year? Or is there real that because they're going to have to pay him? Exactly. And so also you look at some of the aging pieces there. Mike Evans, baller. They got to bring him back, and it looks like he is. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and assume that they do bring back Mike Evans. Don't know how many years of top football he has left, probably a couple. But also the defense, they're starting to get a little older. You go to Levante David, Shaq Barrett, guys that they've relied on a ton in the past. Don't know how much you can rely on them. They got to hit on Cansey. He's got to play a little better than what he did to provide some help alongside of Vita, Vita Vea. Their secondary was bad. Douglas or Carlton Davis, bad year from him. Didn't expect that. I, I liked him coming in. So then you go to Atlanta. Well, everybody said Winfield. Winfield's great. Yeah. Winfield, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to argue about that. I just think there are a lot of aging pieces there. Mm-hmm. But if you go to Atlanta, like that, that's what scares me. I think kind of like you. You get the right coach with Atlanta. You figure out maybe some veteran QB that comes in. You hit on whatever QB you draft. They feel like the team that's ready to take off because they're not about to lose any of their coaches, right? Like, Doesn't look like it. No. Uh, well, they're they're hiring one, but yeah. what the hell am I saying? Yeah, they're they're firing Arthur Smith, so like they're doing the same thing. You get a new rejuvenation of Especially a coaching get a staff. Young Justin Fields in there. 
I'm worried more about Atlanta than I am any of the other teams in the division. Yeah. All right. Well, also moving on from that, from from what we've seen, you know, is it more imperative than ever that the Panthers go with an offensive innovator as its head coach? Because when we look at that and also I'll throw into that one so that we can uh, get this in. And I think they can be married. These two questions. If the Panthers did hire Dave Canales, would that serve two purposes for the Panthers? As far as one, getting a guy in that can, uh, you know, coach up a quarterback, be a quarterback whisperer, and you heard a division opponent. I like this question. In fact, that's the pettiness. Does it just lift Dave Canales up to my favorite now? Yeah. Like, forget Ben Johnson. Wes is petty. (laughs) Forget forget all the other OCs. Who can I choose to take away from somebody else that we're going to compete with next year? I really like it. Plus, yeah, that would be an added benefit. You couldn't argue that it wasn't, right? Like, Dave Canales goes to Tampa Bay and provides some life within that offense. He's the only guy to have gotten Baker Mayfield to use his number one option. Didn't work out with Odell Beckham Jr. Everybody else was throwing to DJ Moore, except for Baker. Mm-hmm. Every other QB, except for Baker Mayfield. Now you go down there to Tampa. Mike Evans goes for like, what, 1,300 yards? Gets the 1,000 mark immediately. The previous two seasons with Tom Brady, it was like we had to wait till week 16 or so before he reached that mark. This year, he got it so easily. And now he has two QBs under his belt that he's helped. And I think that matters a lot. It's not some outlier. Now you start to see a little bit of a pattern forming. Yeah, if Dave Canales is the answer here, Wes, he likes to run the football. I I think at times you were worried about him sticking with it too much, but it got better as the season went on. And I know people here in Carolina love a guy that will run the football. And it worked out last year. It worked a little bit more this year when they would stick to it. Yeah, Dave Canales, I'd be happy with him if he was the hire. There are other options I'd go to first. But plus the benefit you mentioned with taking somebody away from the division, I would like it'd it. It'd be good payback. You know, it since would. you bought Baker Mayfield down and he That's didn't right. do anything and now he wants to leave and turn into a stud. So you're like, oh, okay, well, we're yep. going to take that uh, away from you too, stud. So that's going to be uh, an interesting thing to watch going forward. I think Dave Canales is certainly going to get on the radar of a lot of people and should be on the radar of the Carolina Panthers. But when we come back, what we're watching and we close this thing down on Sports Radio 92.7, WFNZ. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Wrapping up on Wesson Walker, you're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Have a lot of text to get to. Your favorite coaching candidates, who you should be scared of in the NFC South. 
but also the pudgy ACC basketball players of years past. We got a lot of those because that's what gets everybody rolling. Wes, people love that combo. They do. On the Wes and they Walker Show. They love a show. big, big man. They sure do. <laughs> everybody loves a big man. Mm-hmm. Everybody does. Cackalack said, does Elton Brand have a spot on Team Pudge? I think so. Oh, uh, Not in college, yeah, you don't think? Yeah, no, I'm trying to think. I, I think he, he could make the cut. He was just big. I'm with you. It's dicey. But it's it's almost like the Joel James thing. He was pretty solid. Yeah, Elton was just pretty solid. But yeah, man, Elton Brand was off the chain. He was. Much. He really was. Eight oh three. Now this one counts. You can speak to this better than I can. Mm-hmm. But I I do I did love him in ACC. Eric Williams from Air, Wake Forest. Yeah, no doubt. Big E, my he, man. He was good. Yeah, God, he was. he was good. And then also Jester writes in along with Eric Williams, Nigel Big Jelly Dixon. <laughs> Man, that doesn't sound like a big name. I don't know what it does. Big Jelly. <laughs> I love that nickname. Uh, that sounds like a Harlem Globetrotter. Oh, welcome up. Metal Arc Lemon and yeah. Big Jelly Dexter. Have you ever seen the Globetrotters in person? Not in person. They've come for years and years and years, and I've never gone to see them. My cousins used to go see them, but I never got to go check out a show. Okay. I've never seen them either. Yeah. I'm not against it. Just never saw I think him. I would enjoy it, too. Well, the, I'm not going to say the luster, it was rubbed off of it, but, mm-hmm. like, it was certainly a bigger deal before our time, I think. Yeah. My time. I know you're a well, they always, older. Yeah, they always say. pack it out when they come and uh, see it, because I thought about taking my son before. I just, I just mm-hmm. never did. But, yeah, their popularity certainly isn't what it was, I would say, in the 90s or early 2000s oh, we got a well. deep, We got a deep cut on the heels roster. Mike Copeland. Yeah. Nine, you like that one, Fiddy. Well, you know why he's one of my favorite Carolina guys, right? Well, because he was a, he was an all-time cheerleader on the bench. Got ejected at a game at NC State in a game where we were just, I mean, as we normally did, went to that little hellhole that call PNC Arena and kick their ass. He got ejected and uh, flipped them off if he was as he was being escorted off the court. All time, all time great. All right, Mike. That sounds like a Fitty kind of guy. It does. Oh yeah, Mike Copeland. I bet there's a shrine in Fitty's room (laughs) to Mike Copeland. Myron Goodman. This is good. Ed Geth, Team Pudge. I used to have a buddy that said, "I know you're a true Carolina fan if you remember Dante Calabria and Ed Geth." That's how you're a true Carolina fan. Yeah, that name doesn't ring a bell. Yeah, he's on Team Pudge for sure. Myron Goodman. So he played football too? I didn't know that, to be honest with you. Because I'm looking at a picture of him from Tar Heel Illustrated. Carolina had a lot of those guys, didn't they? That might be his son, though. It, it was, felt, it was so, the only way they could get football players at the time. You know? <laughs> that's, yeah, that's his son. Uh, so Julius Peppers, Ronald Curry, Jesse Holly, Brooks Foster. Yeah, Brooks Foster. I guess Ed Geth, too. I didn't know that. But they had a lot of those guys, more so than other colleges. 980 said Sidney Lowe. Yeah, maybe a little bit on the guard. He had a pudgy face, but I don't know if yeah. he was pudgy. Yeah, maybe that counts. I just thought it was punchable, not pudgy. Of course, there you go. Man, we can't bring any NC State player up right now. They're going to be on fire. Uh, Big Rob, I think he might bring the best one up. Rodney Rogers. Rodney Rogers was not pudgy. This at is more. All. I think this is more NBA. Rodney Rogers got there a little bit more so in the NBA. Okay, but but you're right. I think in college, that's what happens, though, right? Yeah, he was if, Zion before Zion, but but he was pretty well built in college. I think I think more so maybe the NBA. People are writing in Ray Felton now. And <laughs> well, that's Man. well, Roy Williams that you were telling us, Fiddy, right? Roy Williams 
is the head coach and then he makes Ray Felton lose some weight. And I, I feel like that's why I don't remember him as huge, but he certainly got that way with the Bobcats and the Knicks. Yeah, the first thing he told him when he met with him was, you need to lose 15 to 20 pounds and fix your broken jump shot. He did both and helped us win a national championship. Yeah, I loved Raymond Felton. That was my favorite player for a while. Love me some Raymond Felton. Um, continuing to scroll here, people, multiple references to Dennis Scott at Georgia Tech. He could, yeah, he he could be that. He he could be that. But we're talking about big man. He was a three. Well, I I was I'm going more so pudgy. I think okay. I'm so you're going all over the board. Yeah, you just, open it up. Yeah, I've opened okay. it up a little bit. All right, because people are starting to bring in some perimeter players. Uh, oh, here's a good one. Will Graves. Oh, dude. Will I mean, I know you're going to go into the other stuff. Will with Will. Will Graves, excuse me, but yeah, he was he was there. He had like one of the best one-off games in UNC history. He scored like 24 and a loss to Georgia Tech, and then that never was, heard from him again. Yeah, that was big. That was it. Uh, and then people are writing in Sean May. Like, Sean May is the GOAT of yeah, all of the pudgy goat. ACC basketball players. I, I can't tell you who would have beaten him. Right? He wins MOP, yeah. and he wins a championship. Um, all right, we can finish up. With some more Carolina Panthers topics and some of the other stuff we didn't get to today. Is there any leftovers? Like, should this be a new thing we do for wrap-up segments when we're just about to close it down? Open up the fridge and get some leftovers out? Yeah, and well, we yeah. better get them out before tomorrow because Zion will eat them before you, the Hornet game. Yeah, poor Zion, too. All right. Zion is turned into that. Like, yeah. Zion certainly... It doesn't matter what he does. He's going to be a punching bag for people about his weight. I know. I You just want to see him play. You just want to see him get out there. He's been doing that. He's been balling. Yeah, he. well, yeah, he has. He has. Brandon Ingram has, too. He has. Do you hate the Pelicans, Fiddy, or do you love them because they have James Bray? They got guys from the Brotherhood. Oh, that's a, you know, I haven't really thought of it like that. <laughs> do you have an answer? I mean, you can't, you can't love a Dookie, but. Yeah, they got too many players from the Brotherhood. They so do. They won't like them. I mean, they would even have, I remember what was it, Frank Jackson was with them for a while. I think they had. And, uh, you know, it's why you shouldn't be surprised that they're, because hang on now, I'm, before I make an ass out of myself, they're not in the top 10 in the West right now, correct? No, they are. They are? Pelicans yeah, no, are, they're yeah, playing they're, well. They're, they're top the four or five because they beat Dallas yeah. last night and they got the same record as the Mavericks. It just really goes. 24 to, and 17. Here you it go. It goes to show you how good of a coach JB is because he was able to. You know, deal with the Carolina Mafia here and turn this place into a winning organization. Now he's got the losers from Duke and they're top five, six in the West. So he really knows how to, to make the most of what he's given with smart IQ players like Carolina. Well, he's not the head coach. I think he gets all the credit, man. Because who, who knows? Do you know the head coach of the Clippers or the, the Pelicans? Uh, give me a second. I think it's Willie Green. So it is Willie Green. Yeah, yeah. So the Pelicans, they are in the seven seed right now. So I, they're in the play-in tournament. Yeah, that's about where James Borrego is going to end up. You're right. Wow. I'm with you. <laughs> mm. I'm with you. No, you're right. It's but I mean, totally you know, seven seed means you're hosting a play-in game, and they probably won't lose by thirty-eight. That. <laughs> I don't know. I hope that they're hosting a play-in game. I really do. Now, James Borrego, I really hope the best man. JB was a great guy. He really was. What are you going to do when they rehire him? It's going to happen. <laughs> They're just going to go right back. That's the Hornets way. Rehire, I baby. will torment you for the remainder of your life if the Hornets rehire James Borrego. I would be okay with it. No, I've already it. resigned to it. No, you're, no, you're actually right. You're actually right. I wouldn't be okay with it because if you go back, I'm not okay with them hiring Steve Clifford the next time around. It just felt like the Hornets were, okay, well... Kenny Atkinson said no. Do we go back to David Vanderpool? No. Darvin Ham? Nah, he's with the Lakers. Mike D'Antoni? Now we got to pay him. They should have got Mike Dunlap back. It worked out well the last time. 
Yeah. Hey, Heel spots. It's crazy. We yeah. would have gotten Wimby had they hired Mike Dunlap. Mike Dunlap had one of the better improvements in Bobcat history when they went from 7-59 and 59 to that 20-win season. Mm. <laughs> That's all we need. It's the same exact rationale that we have for James Borrego, having 10 wins more so each of the next two years. How about Mike Dunlap? Let's bring him back because he had more wins than the 7-59 and 59 team. Mike Dunlap and all should be the coach. Basketball jargon, man. Should be was, the retread. Oof. Oh, people couldn't stand that guy. That was off the chain. Well, what a what a weird what a weird a, day and age that was. I, <laughs> he was but, analytics before analytics. Well, I don't Spoke even analytics. Well, I know people didn't love him. What else you got, Fitty? Nothing. Oh, it seemed like you were raising your hand. Uh, I didn't know if there was a more James Borrego love or oh. what was going on. We do need to give away some tickets. That's what I was going to do. All right. So this has been a real problem for us all day long. I will raise my hand high. I keep forgetting to give away these Hornets tickets. I'm going to blame the text line, too. That's right. You, the listeners, I'm blaming you because you were supposed to remind me. Didn't see one reminder a few segments back when we talked about the Hornets. But I'm going to go ahead and give them away now. We're going to end the show. We're going to give you tickets to the Hornets and San Antonio Spurs game on Friday at the Spectrum Center. What caller do you want, Fiddy? You get to choose the number. Caller number five, because that's my favorite number. All right, and Ray Felton's number. Sticking yeah, with the two. theme. Wake NC State he tonight, was Georgia Tech, Clemson. I'm, I'm awful. It's Ty Lawson's number was five, yeah, correct? Yeah, Ty All Lawson, right. Marshall, Page. Who also got a little pudgy? Ty Lawson did wow. as he got older. All right, fifth caller. If you call in 704-570-9610, you win a couple tickets to the Hornets-Spurs game. As Wes said, you get to see Wimby. You might be there the way you miss uh, Wimby. Yeah, I think I will be there. Yeah, I was about to say. Got to see. All right, go say hi. What's up to Wes at the Spectrum Center if you win these tickets? 704-570-9610. Fifth caller gets those tickets to the Hornets and Spurs game. That'll do it for Wes and Walker. Kyle Bailey Show up next with Smoke Ludwig. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.